We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Run, run, new dog. Sarandon said something really stupid, and she's good at that. But it's the response from our friend Azar Amani that I want you to hear. But here's what Sarandon said. There are a lot of people that are afraid, afraid of being Jewish at this time, and are getting a taste of what it feels like to be a Muslim in this country, so often uh, subjected to violence. So her talent agency dropped her over that. Azar Amani is back with us this afternoon, senior fellow at the Independent Women's Network. She's been with us on some of these parenting issues in the past. And Azra, you and your response on Twitter to Susan Sarandon was just legendary, and I want the audience to know what that was all about. How are you, and happy Thanksgiving. Oh, my gosh, happy Thanksgiving, and thank you for noticing it. You know, it's one of those messages that I just wrote with my thumbs, as people know nowadays we do on our phones, on my keyboard, um, and I reflected on what she said, that that, – Saying if people couldn't hear it properly that she had at an anti-Israel protest was this. There are a lot of people that are afraid, that are afraid of being Jewish at this time and are getting a taste of what it feels like to be a Muslim in this country. And I just stopped because I thought to myself, wow, here I am. I'm visiting my parents in Morgantown, West Virginia, where I grew up. I took my parents on a beautiful walk that Sunday uh, on the rail trail in Star City, West Virginia. We took a selfie, and I posted that selfie then in a message to Susan Sarandon, and I told her our journey, my father's journey as a young student to this country, coming to Manhattan, Manhattan, Kansas, where (laughs) he— Yeah, where he fell in love with this nation and the equal opportunity that it offers our citizens. And my mother, who, you know, was punished for daring to take the face veil off in her very conservative family in India, and where she now walks on the rail trail, you know, with the wind in her hair. And me, I'm a single mom. We've talked about this. I didn't have a wedding ring on my finger when I learned I was pregnant with a boyfriend in Pakistan. And I had to flee Pakistan after the 9-11 attacks with this little souvenir, as I call him. Um, And where did I come? I came to West by God, Virginia. And I raised my son with love and without shame. 
And this is where I have been able to live freer than I could ever experience in a Muslim country. And I invited Susan Sarandon then, go, go live in a Muslim country like a Muslim woman. And I closed with saying, you will come back to America and kiss the land beneath your feet. Because, you know, that is what I do every time I come back to this country. I am so grateful to be here. One one of the reasons I I like hearing your story, and I've I've experienced this with other people. I always talk about this um, young Cuban um, Uber driver I had years ago in Vegas. But I don't understand why it is, and, and this is frustrating to a lot of us, that the people who didn't grow up here and have yeah. these that they love America yes. more than than some of us, especially the young people that grew up with all these freedoms, Azra. Yeah, you know, I know what it's like to live without freedom. This ability in our nation to be able to speak what you wish to say, to be able to have movement and mobility, to be able to work, to have financial independence, to make decisions for yourself. Sometimes we make mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes, you know, in those decisions that I made. But my dad, just as an example of, you know, how we live then in congruence, with congruence, um, with freedom, and with responsibility. My dad, who was a scientist, said, Astra, it's okay. Because I said to him, Dad, why didn't you ever judge me for these mistakes I made? You know, usually about guys, right? Like, bad <laughs> right, right, right. guys. Because think another thing. Like, I'm the first in my ancestry to date, to be able to make a choice in love because my parents had an arranged marriage. They never dated. I wasn't allowed to date. And so there in my 20s, I'm learning the lessons that sixth graders learn in America, right? That in and of itself says so much, Osra, to to those of us who have never had that experience, right? Yeah. And that's such an experiment. You know, it's the great human experiment. And you need grace. And this nation allows grace. You know, we are a nation of grace. We have made mistakes. We have course corrected. Um, And my dad always showed me grace also. And that's where you can have congruence, you know. Though raised in a completely different value system himself, he accepted my experiments in this nation. And he said to me, Oscar, because he's a scientist, he said, when we experiment, then we learn. You know, that's how you make great discoveries. And that's how now, you know, I came to this nation when I was four years old as a little girl. And I'm now 58 and was able to speak my truth to Susan Sarandon, who Selma and Louise, iconic characters, inspired me as a young 20-something, you know, to be my self-realized self. But I was like not going to go fly off the edge of the Grand Canyon, you know, but I was like, okay, let us live with some surrender. And, but what, unfortunately she has become like, she's a symbol yeah. and she is a symbol of, um, that, that, uh, unholy alliance that I've written about now uh, that I call the woke army, you know, the far leftists working with the Islamists who are radical Muslims who believe in religion and governance and um, tyranny, really, over our lives. And she is aligned with them. She's working with them. And her um, her sanitizing, you know, the experience of Muslims in Muslim countries, you know, in order to basically diminish the real threats that Jewish people are feeling in this nation right now, um, it was just really 
unethical, I believe. Yeah, well, you know, you, it was you really close, unethical. You closed your post so effectively, when I, and I didn't do a proper job introducing you. Osra's book that came out this year, Woke Army, the Red Green Alliance that is destroying America's freedom, that's one of the reasons we've had around the air so much. But on your, uh, on your tweet string, you said, please don't minimize the experience of Jewish Americans by sanitizing the hell that it is for Muslims living in Muslim countries and vilifying America for the life and freedoms. She offers Muslims like my family, go live like a Muslim woman, as you indicated, in a Muslim country. And the pictures that you put on here, they, they literally want to make me cry. Yes, because, it, it, yeah. And your dad, Osri, your dad is 90 years old, right? He looks great. He is so great. I'm, I decided the next morning I'm going to, I don't know if you guys have gotten your AARP newsletter for the month, but there's a new concept of super agers. And, um, and it, it connects to what we're saying, because when you live with grace, you know, and a sense of a healthy, positive psychology, not one rooted in grievances, you know, with no statute of limitations, it improves your well-being and your health. And, and that's the story of my parents. My dad lived literally under this notion of white supremacy because he was born into British colonial rule. My mother was born into that. And what did they choose for themselves and their family? Life in America, you know, and not with grievance in their heart and vengeance for, quote, white supremacy, but with grace about humanity, right? Like this was historical decisions that were made by colonial powers, America removed those colonial powers from our history, and so did the Indian freedom fighters that my grandfather represented as an attorney. But my parents, they are now in their 80s, and my dad 90, my mother in her 80s, and my dad 90, and they, this nation allowed them to live a healthy life, you know, and that's what I, I hope that everybody will take this lesson, because who doesn't have grievances in their lives, you know? Who hasn't been screwed over? But we make a choice on how we're going to live. And and I and I just want to say that, like, just you calling me, you know, you wanting to share my message with others, the response on Twitter, people sharing their journeys, you know, from Iran, from Syria, Saudi Arabia, Eastern Europe, to find safety and security in this nation reminded me that, like, people see themselves in, in our in my family's story, right? They And they see the beauty and hope that they wish for other people, not this demagoguery that somebody like Susan Sarandon paints about our nation. And and I want everybody to lean into that because, oh, they should. Yeah, you know, it's a great have, message. have pride, have pride in where we are. It is a great Thanksgiving uh, message. Osra, you're a hero. And I, I mean, that, that just said so much in the last few minutes. And I'm, I'm proud to have you know, allowed you to yes. share that message today to the audience because I think it's very, very powerful. So you know I'm a fan. Uh, you have a great Thanksgiving, and thank you so much for writing what you did and coming on here in St. Louis and, and sharing it as well. Thank you. And thank you, Mark, because you know what you what you do is you see me, you hear my voice, and that is a power in itself, and you do that for so many people. So I, this is a shout-out to you thank because you. you're part of that goodness in our world. You know you're going to be back. Osra, thank you so much. Take care. <laughs> All, right, All right, thank we'll you. Sue, I want you to remember that, that I am part of the goodness in this world. Uh, she got so much right in that interview, uh-huh. and then she got it wrong at the end. However, <laughs> that, that that was right before Thanksgiving, one of the most powerful interviews. It was interviews a great interview. Of, it was amazing. I love her so much. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, uh, Susan here with me. We're going to spend the uh, the week together without Fred and Abby. Ethan's yeah. doing a spectacular job producing, doing nothing because he doesn't really have to do anything. Yeah. But he's still doing a great job, right? Yeah. But I also have my eight-year-old little helper in here, Alexa Reardon. Almost nine, right? And she brought in, I think Jane brought a package of things to Fred. Oh, now it's making sense. Yeah, and there was all kinds of fun stuff in there that she gathered from her house. And there was this no button in there. And mm-hmm. Fred gifted it to my daughter, and she loves it. And she's been, Sue's aware of this, yes. she's been begging me for the last hour saying, hey, can I use the no button on mm-hmm. the air? Yeah. So can I ask you a couple of questions, Miss Alexa? What? What? You got to talk? You got to talk? What are you talking to me now? <laughs> Answer in the microphone. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you familiar with Jussie Smollett? No. Okay. Have you seen the Fox Nation documentary on Jussie Smollett? No. Do you know who the Osendario brothers are? No. Would no. you like to find no. out? For the last time, no. Well, the rest of the audience is going to find out. Well, Sue, I was kind of connecting the dots on some of this a little bit earlier in the show. I watched all four episodes of Jussie Smollett, Anatomy of a Hoax, this morning, and I couldn't get enough of it. I mean, I couldn't turn it off. It's really I, I, well done. It is really, really good. But what, what's awesome is that we've, we've had some of these main players on throughout the last couple of years talking about this story because Rafer um, Weigel, who, and I watched his dad when I was a kid. He was a TV anchor, a sports guy in Chicago, and Rafer came to St. Louis a decade ago, and then he was back in Chicago when all this happened, and he was way out front with some tweets on this because he was, you know, very connected with the Chicago police. So then Rafer introduced me to Gloria Rod- Rodriguez and Gloria was a guest on the show often and Gloria Rodriguez God bless her and she's so good in this documentary and by the way she's an executive producer I found out today too I saw the credit and then I I text her and she said oh yeah this is my baby we have thanks to uh, Gloria Ola and Bola the Osendario brothers who were the uh, MAGA wearing you know terrorists that beat up Jesse Smollett mm-hmm. with us this afternoon Ola and Bola welcome to 97.1 FM talk in St. Louis gentlemen how are you Good, we're great. 
sometimes it's hard with two different guests, so I'll try to I'll try to, to do these individually. Uh, I don't even know, and Ola, I'll start. I don't even know where to start with this because there's so much. But let's get to just a couple of basic questions. How did you know Jesse Smollett? How did you guys meet him in the first place? Um, well, where I would like to start is first apologizing to your audience for my brother and I's participation in the rules. Um, agreeing to do it was selfish and a mistake. But yeah, Bo, I'll go ahead and tell them um, how you Jesse to begin with. Yeah, so I met Jesse Bola. I met Jesse through a mutual friend. And the mutual friend was not an actor. He just happened to know Jesse. My brother and I are professional actors, and I have worked on a set of Empire, but I did not meet him through Empire. Did he help you get that gig on Empire? Initially, no, but he helped me get another gig after we did become friends. So you guys were friends, you were hanging out, and then, you know, the documentary tells this story. At one point, uh, he comes to you, and he has he has a, a request. And I think, Ola, and I, I apologize, guys, if I'm getting any of this reversed with the names, but Ola, I think it was you that drove in the car with him when he un, you know, furled some of this plan, right? It was Bola. Bola. So I got you guys reversed. All right, Bola. So tell me, walk me through that. Jesse comes to you and says what? Yeah, so he invited me over to the studios where we shoot Empire Center Space. He told me to come there, and then he gave me a ride to my home. And on the ride home, that's where he told me to plan, or he just flat out said, I want you to beat me up. So, of course, no one has ever told me that before, so I'm looking at him dumbfounded, like, what do you mean? And then he said, yeah, I want you to beat me up. I want you to fake beat me up. And then that's when he laid out all the started laying out all the details. So then you come back and, and then Bola, you're kind of, you know, wrapped up in this, too. And you, you hear the plot, right? You hear the story. It's pitched to you, isn't it? Yeah, to Ola. Yeah, it's pitched to me. Um, they they pick me up in the um, alley. I'm in the alley and they drive up and I just happen to be there at the same time. And my brother Bola tells me to come in the car and that's. Jesse asked me if he can trust me. I'm like, yeah, of course you can trust me. Then he asked me again, no, can I trust you? And I tell him, yeah, you can trust me. So he goes on ahead to tell me how a letter was sent to him at uh, Center Space, Empire Studios, and the uh, studios didn't really take it too seriously. So he wants us to dress up as MAGA supporters and pretend to beat him up on the coldest day of the yeah, like, here's one of the questions I had after watching this. There's a part in this documentary where you go out and you sort of recreate what happened in that neighborhood in Chicago. But how, how put this into perspective? I mean, it was, and one of the reasons that a lot of us out here in the hinterlands, when we first heard this story, we thought, well, this doesn't pass the smell test, if no other reason, because it was like 22 below zero, and that wasn't even the wind chill. How cold was it that morning? Yeah, it was colder than penguin feet. <laughs> <laughs> It was not nice out there. And uh, trust me, we had second, third thoughts of leaving, of going back home, because it was unbearable. And and you were, when when he was walking you through all this, I mean, uh, he, he wants you to kind of rough him up a little bit to make it look real, right? Oh, yeah. So we, we're actors, so we know how to make it look real. I wasn't really going to punch him hard, 
but I was going to punch him and make it look like I'm swinging with full force. Also, I'm I'm a professional boxer too, so I know how to punch. So uh, he he did not want my brother to punch him because my brother Ola is way bigger. He looks way uh, physically bigger than me, stronger and muscular than me. So he made it a point to state, look, I do not want this guy punching me. <laughs> oh, so my God. Punch yeah. Uh, all right. So it, it all goes down. And then, you know, the word gets out and, and people are starting to take interest in this. And then one of the things that I remember from early on when we were all having questions about what really happened is, well, the brothers are in Nigeria. So you guys already had planned. It wasn't like you took off. You're trying to flee the country. You already had plans to go to Nigeria where you where you were from. Right. Exactly. So we've planned our trip since October, the previous year. So like three, four months before we did the fake attack. And he told us about the fake attack three day, two days before the fake attack. So we were going out there to actually audition for a show called Big Brother Nigeria. It's like the Big Brother version of uh, uh, in Nigeria. So we were going uh, there for that. So you, when you're coming back to this country, and this is where things got pretty interesting, you don't know that there are police officers that are waiting for you at O'Hare. But both of you, it was interesting in the in the storytelling of the documentary, Ola and Bola, you both had different kind of gut checks yeah. on that flight back, right? Definitely. So, Bola, I pretty much knew and had a feeling that the police were probably there waiting for us. And the reason why I thought that was because the police were releasing just little pieces of evidence. They didn't want to say too much. And they said, oh, until further uh, investigation. So I'm thinking, like, man, they know it's us. And they just don't want us to probably stay in uh, Africa. So they wanted us to come back. And when we can come back, they'll apprehend us. And lo and behold, that's what happened. And Ola could tell you how he felt. Yeah, I, I just thought I was going to come back to the States and, and get back to work, go back to auditioning for roles and continue on with my regular life. You guys, did they figure out it was you from the video? I mean, I, I know that there's video of you walking down the street, and I love the part in the uh, documentary where you say, well, hey, we were acting. It was hilarious. But then was it the video of you guys at the store, you know, uh, with the check? How did they figure out Buying it was you and too? things like that. Yeah. yeah, right. How did they put that together? I don't remember. Yeah, so the video from the store, we gave, we're the ones that, after they already um, got us and we told them that it was us and everything, we're the ones that told them about the store and everything. They didn't get that on their own. Oh, okay. Ah, so they, they piece that. some of that together from from that particular situation. Um, one of the, yeah. there's so much to cover here. So w- one thing I remember in particular is when he goes on with Robin Roberts on GMA. I oh. featured that audio that afternoon, and I thought it was just utterly ridiculous. But that Olin Bola, that was a bit of a game changer for both of you as well, wasn't it? Yes, it was. That's where I first found out it was actually Jesse who reported the whole situation to the police, which was. Uh, what he agreed to doing. It was just supposed to go on social media. 
Yeah, that was an interesting ah. part that we learned. I think, Sue, you haven't gotten to this no. part of the documentary, but I think he was claiming that he was just going to put this on social media, but then it became a criminal case or uh, the allegations of a crime, and that sort of changed the narrative. So I mentioned at the beginning of this, and gentlemen, Gloria has been just awesome on this show, and I reached out to her today, and she's going to be on, on uh, Thursday because I want to revisit this with her a little bit as well, especially because I found out she was a producer of this. But how do you meet Gloria? And one of the things, Sue, that's funny here is— is um, when, when you see her at first, you're not super impressed with Gloria Rodriguez. You don't think maybe she's the right person for you, right? Um, I wouldn't say that. Um, honestly, at that time, we hadn't eaten for two days, have, hadn't had no water for two days, and was just completely drained. So I, 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 it might have been some kind of look, but it was honestly because we were just dead tired. Mm. Right. Mm. And it was there, I mean, at first I'm guessing then because of that, you don't tell the whole story at first, right? There, there's a point in which you're, you're just not really giving up information and that changes. Um, no, that's yeah. not the issue at all. Okay. So, so, uh, we don't talk to police. Um, I wouldn't talk to a police officer without a lawyer, um, in any type of situation. So, um, we had to wait. We didn't have a lawyer when we first got arrested. Um, Gloria was contacted um, after. So it took about a day, a day and a half for Gloria to even get in contact with us. So it's after we spoke to Gloria and she showed us the video and everything. That's when we decided to talk to the police. And you refused. This is also an interesting tidbit. You both refused any immunity deal in this, correct? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And why, why did you feel that that was important? Well, because we didn't. So when you look at the crime that was committed, we weren't a part of that crime. We didn't commit any crime. So there was no need for us to have an immunity deal. Right. Oh, right. that's a good point. The crime, the crime was calling a uh, falsifying a police report or lying to the police. And we didn't we did not do that. We did not know that he was going to do that either. Yeah, and I think there's there's some some folks who um, even Rafer Sue in the documentary that tend to think that maybe the Chicago police roughed them up a little bit to kind of squeeze them for information. But you both say that the the treatment by the cops was pretty professional and decent. Is that correct? Actually, yes. Yeah. It was too good. It was too well. They they were trying to butter us up, like, and I knew what they were doing. If the thing with me is, I'm kind of more like a rebel, and if you rough me up, you're definitely not going to get anything out of me. Maybe they sensed that and acted like this. Okay, here's another question I have. What did you guys think? Did you then think that Jesse would eventually say, well, geez, these guys told the truth. I better just go ahead and say I I set it up. Are you surprised that he has just refused to admit what happened? At the beginning, very. I was very surprised. I actually thought he was going to, once he knew that we were in um, custody, I actually thought he was going to come down and say, like, yeah, this because, you know, we're in custody. Anything can happen. Like, our lives are in danger at that point. So I would think if you're our friend, you will come in, come out and say, like, yeah, this whole thing is not, like, it's serious now. This stuff is serious. But, nope, that's not what happened. 
So one, one of the reasons that this is a very interesting case for us here in St. Louis, Ola and Bola, is because, and I, and I made this point earlier in the show, this is not just a documentary about what happened to Jesse Smollett. This is about part of the criminal justice system, and we have a prosecutor here that's been in some hot water for not prosecuting cases, and you both go before a grand jury to testify, and when you go to testify, you find out that Kim Fox, the attorney who is the, uh, the prosecuting attorney in Chicago, very similar to the situation we have here with Kim Gardner, she recuses herself from the case, right? So she pulls out of the case. Do you know why that happened at the point? Or, uh, that's confusing to you, isn't it? Um, it's beca- what, what I learned was she had some kind of relationship with the Smollett family, which is the re- or some kind of relationship and communication with the Smollett family, and that's why she had to recuse herself. I don't think it's a relationship, but some kind of communication. Right. So she, but then eventually what happens is because this thing progresses, uh, the charges come out and then she just, they ditch the charges. The The circuit attorney's office just gets rid of the charges. So then your reaction is what? Um, I was upset. Mm-hmm. Me personally, Ola, I was upset about it because it seemed, it's, and, they, and the thing is they dropped it and then give no type of explanation. But Jesse's team comes out and says, oh, you see, we're in, never did anything wrong. So this just makes us, we're, we're actually, we actually committed this crime. Like, we actually attacked them. That's what it made it look like. Uh, right, right. Yeah, Which, that, that's where they were, they were trying to um, change the narrative. By the way, Sue, you'll learn this. I, I learned a couple of things about Jesse Smollett. Did you know he was in the Mighty Ducks? No, I didn't know that either. He was also in a show that I believe was set here in St. Louis called On Our Own because when they showed it in the dock, I could see the arch in the background. In Ola and Bola, one of the things that, you know, comes across here in the documentary is uh, Jesse Smollett was certainly not without talent. I mean, he, he had some things going for him, right? He was a talented guy. Yeah, most definitely. So why do you think he did this? Because the motive is never completely th- clear. Bola, I'll start with you. What, what do you think the motivation was? Was it to advance the career? I mean, that's seemingly the obvious one, right? Well, it depends on which career you're talking about. I wouldn't say it's the acting career. Yeah. Uh, like we mentioned before, he wanted to be the poster boy for uh, for activism. So he, um, he, he was deeply into rights for gay people or the LGBT community, uh, black people, race relations, and whatnot, and he really wanted to be that guy, the the poster boy for that movement. And Bola, you, at one point, I think it's you that you, you call him kind of a supervillain, right? I think it was Ola that said that. Ola said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting no, no. Since I'm getting you both confused so often, let me. One of I told Sue about this earlier. One of my favorite parts was in the documentary. Honestly, was because there's this allegation. His defense team is trying to spin things in so many different directions. And then at one point, it's that you know I believe was it Ola that was accused of having the relationship of the the homosexual relationship with Jesse, or was it Bola? It was Bola that that they okay. said. In Bola, the the producer of the documentary asked. <laughs> Ask you, uh, do men hit on you? And he says, I just can't even recreate this. He goes, well, look at me. 
<laughs> and yeah, I, I get it. it. I, all I you got to do it. is look at you. You said, look, you're hit on by men, by women. I think it's pretty apparent. I think both you guys probably do pretty well. Uh, well, look, I, you know, I appreciate, I know you, you took time at the beginning here to, to make the apology too. And um, I think that's important because this is a crazy story. It really is. And I think you guys show that there's remorse. But Justice Smollett, even to this day, there's no remorse whatsoever. And I think one of the lingering questions is, what happens next? He still never really served any of that jail time, right? No, but it will be after his appeal. Say that one more time. I missed you. I said we will see after his appeal. Yeah, mm, right. Yeah. So that's still kind of lingering there in the, um, you know, in the background. Oh, by the way, Ola, you. <laughs> this is another thing. I wrote notes on this. You gave Jussie a noogie, right? You didn't even decide to punch him. You just gave him a noogie. Why'd you do that? Oh, that was me, Bola, that did that. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't want to hurt him too bad. And I wanted to give him a mark or a scar. So in order to give him a scar, I just thought to give him a noogie. I think that would do the, the trick. So I just uh, put my middle finger knuckle out and then started digging into his face. And then there was the, the part about, because we learned, and he was still wearing the noose around his neck, but you... Whoever put the noose on him did not put the noose around his neck, right? Yeah, that was Ola. I, I simply placed it on his face. I never fully put it around his neck, no. And there was the, the other thing that came up in this, you know, we remember the reporting that there was bleach that was thrown on him. Originally, was it supposed to be gasoline? Is that the case? Yes, yes, it was supposed to be. He wanted gasoline, but I didn't feel comfortable pouring gasoline on somebody. Yeah, I understand that. Well, have you been pretty pleased with the reaction so far to the documentary? It really is it's good. It's fantastic. Yeah, I honestly didn't have no clue it would like blow up like it did, honestly. Well, I hope you guys, uh, how do you feel about your own future? Will we get acting jobs? You guys really come across well in this documentary. And that was and part of the apologized. problem. Is there, is yes. there jobs? The job offers kind of dried up. That was one of the issues for you. Exactly. It, they did. But we remain hopeful and things are looking uh, upward for us. And we're, we're happy where we're at. And we always give thanks to the Almighty. And without the Almighty, we wouldn't be able to continue. Can I make uh, one recommendation, just one personal recommendation? Maybe work out just a little bit more. <laughs> I, maybe a little bit more protein, too. I don't know. I look at you guys. I feel I feel like you need to beef up a little bit, right? <laughs> Got it. <laughs> hey, thank you. Uh, sincerely, thank you. And yes. Gloria has been outstanding. I really was impressed with the documentary, and um, you were both really interesting to watch. So thanks so much for coming on here. And I, here's one thing I've learned, and I think both brothers know this. I need to watch the whole damn thing over just because every note, and I, I don't even prepare. Sue, you know me. I don't yeah. even prepare for They're interviews, right? But I took notes through this thing, and every note that I have, I reversed who Ola and Bola were. So, guys, I'm going to watch yeah. it again to try to get the name straight. But thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take care. Good luck with everything, okay? Thank, thank you. you. All right, take care. That was such a great interview. It was from earlier this year. Now, that was long before you had, and I don't think we have the final word on this yet, but the Illinois Supreme Court came in and said, no, you got to serve your sentence. Yeah, so they did. We'll or see did. what happens with that. We'll see if we get an update here toward the end of the year. And the I mentioned that the executive producer of the documentary, which really is good, on Fox Nation, Gloria Rodriguez, became a great friend of the show. And she did an interview in all the midst of all this, too, that we might air a little later this week. That'd be awesome. We've got traffic coming up. One more segment and an audio cut of the day.
right, before the break, Alex was revealing that he has some sort of felony record for making prank calls, mm. so let's find out about that. <laughs> you you actually, did you get dragged into court over this? I did go to a, I did go to like a, I guess not like a, you know, full-on courtroom, but yeah, it was, I was there, there was a judge there. Well, what happened? All right, tell me So, the story. Uh, <laughs> well, for... A long time. Well, there was this. I won't give names. You're obviously. hesitating a little bit. No, no, no right. I, I won't give names because you don't want to be legally responsible. Yeah, well, no, it's past, <laughs> long past. But for a while, I, I had a friend who I knew their dad would react a certain way if we called. So we would call and you know joke around, and we. I swear we would just say one word. We would Prank only say the one, guy. one word. The word we yelled was Dugan. Dugan. We would just yell Dugan. <laughs> Just like that. Okay. If he's a 97-1 listener of the Mark Reardon show, he's going to probably drive down here and kill us now. Yeah, but, right. Um, so it went on for a while, so we would call Wait, him. you call the same person. Same person. We'd okay. call him. We'd say, Dugan. And yeah. he would just lose. You, you know, he'd make up all his cuss words. And you would harass this Wait man. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. One time Why? He, Why Dugan? What it, what, was there it was a, literally nothing. That, no. The, no it, was just, it was just a word. The, it was so just, it was just that it was going over and over again? We were probably 15 and years what, old. You're, what, when was this era? In, uh, like 2000s, early 2000s? Oh, yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably. <laughs> Probably oh four, oh five, oh six. Maybe. Mark, I listen to these phone calls because well, he has them recorded, and they are brilliant. Well, so so <laughs> some of the like he would make up cuss words. One time he was like, "I got a Louisville Slugger in the garage. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get it. I'm not afraid to use it. When I find you, I'm gonna kill you." You have all this but, on tape. Well, not all okay, of these. All right. So like, but. Other ones we would call like golf courses and tell them we'd like crash the cart into a ditch. I have some of those recorded. They're and then you'd quite say funny. Dugan. But this one specific one was Dugan, the same guy every time, Dugan. And it got like, it, 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 he got a lot of calls, man. We would block the number. So one time my buddy didn't block the number. So he and it came up. So obviously my, my star buddy, six nine or whatever it was. Yeah, my buddy oh, ratted me out, right? So this went on for a long time and. All we ever said was Dugan, right? So I'd say probably a seven-month time period. So one night, a police officer knocks on the door, my my parents' door, right? Right, right, right. Well, you, you were making the calls from their house, right? Or from well, the no, it was just from my cell phone at the time. Oh, like, okay. cell phones have probably just—I probably had just okay. gotten a cell phone. So <laughs> police officer knocks on the door. My brother's six years older, so he's like— answers the door and he's like oh my god it's not for me like what could he have done <laughs> so he's like wait right here lets the police officer in comes into my room now this time of the night i'm thinking the guy, he's at the door the guy is at the door gonna kill me so i hide in my closet <laughs> wait you mean you think I the thought guy the who man, you're calling yes was oh, okay, there because i, got you. Cause I was knew there. him because right. i know him right. i know him well and uh, i hid in the closet my dad comes in and he's like it's not him it's the police. You got to come out of here now, mind you. My dad knew. My dad knew this was going on the whole time. Right? He did. Thought it was funny. As he knew the whole time. The whole time he knew. So cool, dad. So so I come out there and we're Great talking. Norm. Talking to the police officer and the guy's like, "Well, how many times do you think you called?" And I was like, uh, "I don't know, maybe like 40, 50 times." <laughs> this is where you don't say things. Over yeah. over a span. Lawyer up, dude. Shut up. Right. Well, Shh. over a span of like you know six, seven, eight months. And the police officer goes, <laughs> police officer goes, well, uh, you know, over here it says uh, between this time and this time he received uh, 175. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Prank calls. Now, mind you, like the number had gotten out because people like we all my buddies were like, they shared it. Oh, they okay. would go with their groups of friends right. and they'd be calling. So it all obviously tracked back to me. So I did end up having to go. 
to court for it for telephone harassment mm-hmm. because of, uh, you know, calling them 100 plus times. So we get in there and the judges were doing the thing. I had a lawyer and everything. My uncle of knew course. some. My my uncle knew some shady guy who knew a guy that knew know. a guy. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> it was. My lawyer was literally my cousin Vinny. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh you. my! So we gosh. get in there and the judge is like, you know, what did you say? Like, did you ever threaten the man? Like whatever. Right. And I said, said all Dugan. I said was Dugan, and she goes, well, how did you say it? And so in the courtroom, <laughs> did you have to say it? In the courtroom, I swear Dugan. to you, I go. Oh my god. I love it. And she goes, get out of here and don't ever make another prank phone call ever again. Was there any kind of So I got no no nothing. Because you didn't threaten anybody. You just said it. I mean, how are you gonna literally like how are you gonna have me tell this whole story and not laugh? What's that? Did the guy show up in court? The guy, um well, he did not actually show up in court. Funny story though, two weeks later, my dad and my brother were in the office depot parking lot. <laughs> and my uncle, who every time he sees us, he thought it was funny. And every time he sees us, he yells, Dugan. <laughs> so my dad and my brother were in the office depot parking lot maybe two weeks after this happened. Right. So the guy who I was calling, no way, is in the parking lot. And he confronts my dad and brother. He's like, we need to resolve this. My dad's like, well, it's been resolved in court, you know, da 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 da, da. So while they're standing there talking out of the corner of, of my dad's eye, he, he's telling this. He's like, I see, I Uncle see coming. Uncle Michael. Oh, no. Uncle Michael's coming around the corner. No. And he's thinking, no way. He's going to yell Dugan while the man is standing there. Did Uncle Mike me. yell Dugan? And so <laughs> they made eye contact, and he was like, oh, my God, don't say it. But imagine had he said Dugan, it would have been World War Three in the Office Depot parking lot, right. and it's unbelievable. So your story is much better than mine. I'll do mine condensed fashion. So this would have been uh, late 1970s, well before caller ID. I think you could maybe do Star 69 then. I, I can't maybe. remember. Yeah. But we, my friends and I up in Chicago, and this was done from my house, We somebody had a laughing machine that sounded like... It was real creepy, like right? A joker. So I, we would do a lot of prank calls just randomly out of the phone book. Like one of them, we call Bowling Alley and say, "Hey, do you have Prince Albert in a can? Yeah. <laughs> Let him out!" You know, like stupid. the Simpsons. We're twelve years old, right? Yeah. So we called the random people with the laughing machine. Well. One time I come home and uh, from school, my dad was out of town. My mom's in the kitchen. There's cops in the kitchen <laughs> and they start grilling me. Well, what had happened is we, I mean, seriously, we randomly picked this number out of the phone book and I think we only called it one time, but this guy had been getting Dugan calls from someone. <laughs> like he had a trace He's on his line. He's been harassed. Oh. He had been harassed. So because of that, they actually had a trace on the line oh and they God. came back to us. And I was the only one that took oh. crap over that because my Friends got off scot-free. I don't even know if I ratted them out, but because it was from our phone. And then my dad came home. You know, he was out of town on business. And then I was probably grounded for God knows how long. Thank Uh, God for technology. I know. Man, (laughs) Alex Rich, that was a fantastic story. What a great story. And my daughter, who is uh, almost nine years old, is sitting here in the studio listening to that. Let that be a lesson to you, Alexa Reardon. No prank phone calls, right? It definitely is a lesson. (laughs) You don't want the police coming. Did you have fun today? Yes. Okay, I thought you were going to use your no button again because you had an opportunity to do that. But we, um, she's going to the MAC for camps the rest of the week, Sue. She said she really likes them. It was her brilliant idea to come in here today, so thank you for putting up with of her course. because she was. You know, she's great. Yeah, I know she is, but she's also she. You're a handful, right? 
Yes, definitely. <laughs> I will even admit it. But you're you're also to the point now where it wasn't too long ago, Sue, and you've been here where we would ask you to talk on the radio, and you got all shy. Yeah, but now we, she's been demanding airtime yes. the entire <laughs> afternoon, yes, right? She has. All yes, right. I well, congratulations have. on your final radio moments of 2023, and here's to better things for you, Alexa, in 2024. How's that sound? Sounds good. good. All right. All right. Stand by. Playback ready. Now the audio cut of the day. Give this guy a raise. It's sponsored by the Good Feet Store. It's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. Listen to this. I don't know exactly who this guy is, okay? I think he's at an airline counter, all right? Like an airline ticket counter. And there is a trans person. Some of these trans people, they love to accuse you of misgendering. It's like one of their hobbies, right? But this guy handled it so well, I hope he was promoted. And what about when an adult employee misgenders you intentionally? While while he's talking, you're talking. You just misgendered me again. Okay. Multiple times. Gotcha. Both of you have. Wasn't intentional, but if you yeah. want to take it personal, that's also. Well, okay. she did do it intentionally twice. Gotcha. You're I talking did not to do me it too. You said she, and then you said he. You're being condescending, and if you want to continue, Ooh. I have Port Authority escort you out the building right this moment if yeah. you want to play that game with Thank me. Thank goodness. Okay. Would you like to continue three days before Christmas? I really don't mind. I'm good. I'll just put this on. Yeah, see, the man with the deep voice and testicles and a penis, and I apologize to my daughter, that that was the woman, just in case you're not keeping up. It's just nonsense, and I hope the guy gets a promotion for that because he handled it exceptionally well. Sue, we'll do it again tomorrow. You got it. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.